Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane. It's been a while. Let's do a Persecution Press episode. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, links will be down in the description of my YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, and also the GoFundMe if you would like to donate. Alright, let's go. If you guys listened to any of the previous episodes uh, on my anchor, you guys would know that India, Iran, and Brazil have decided to join the renegade family in the trenches. So, we are going to start uh, the persecution news in those countries. And the first up is Iran. Okay, this article comes from persecution.com, or .org, sorry. Three Christians arrested under Iran's amended penal code. Alright. This comes from International Christian Concern. Three Christian converts from uh, Fardis were charged on May 5th under Article 500 of the penal code and the first known Christians facing the charges since the uh, amendments in February. Amin uh, Kaki Mil. Milad Gudarzi and Alareza Noromadhami. I don't even know if I said his last name right. Nor Mohammedi. Okay. Uh, were charged with engaging that uh, educates educates and or in a defiant way contrary to the holy religion of Islam. In November 2020, the homes of the three men, along with nine other Christian families, were raided. No arrests were made at the time, but Christian literature and personal items were confiscated. Then in early 2021, intelligence officials interrogated the member of each family. The interrogations ended with them uh, being forced to sign a commitment to not to gather together, whether in prison or online. This was reportedly the first instance that mandated no online or social gatherings. Um, Iranian Christians often are forced to sign agreements to abstain from gathering at house churches. Now the three men have uh, been officially charged though the remaining families have also faced threats of imprisonment and employment uh, restrictions. The amendments have uh, made to Iran's penal code in February 2021, uh, specifically Article 499 and Article 500, Concerned many about the complications for Christians, both articles discuss anti-security groups and propaganda Christians may face even harsher uh, legal persecution as a result, particularly in 
light of the candidate for Iran's upcoming presidential election. Alright, this one is from India. So, COVID-19 Crisis Fund Beneficiary in India shares aid and faith with neighbors. We as a family suggested to cope with the lockdown. Or struggled, sorry, to cope with the lockdown. And Jolly Nag uh, recently told International Christian Concern, ICC provided us food aid uh, for two months we were grateful to God and the brothers and sisters who uh, thought about us during these challenging times. Anjali is an evangelist from the Indian state of Odisha. Um, her family uh, depended on the tithes of church members uh, for her livelihood, but lost everything when the pandemic shut down. Worship services and had and dwindled their support. Um, her family came close to starvation. We even could not ask, or we, yeah, we even could not ask for help from anybody, Anjali said. It was hard to see a shortage of food for our children. We are managed, we managed uh, the little that we had and paid hard prayed hard every day. I just woke up, guys. Forgive me. Um, God answered their prayers and hit this presented them with an incredible opportunity to share the light of Christ with their Hindu neighbors. Um, with extra ICC food aid, the family extended their food to a Hindu family in a similar food crisis. The gesture touched them and they wanted to know more about the faith that Anjali's family had. I was amazed at how God uses difficult situations to bring people to himself. And we celebrate God's provision, Anjali said, as she thanked ICC and the donors who uh, gave to ICC's COVID-19 crisis fund. Alright, this one comes from the country of North Korea, so we're gonna read this. Human rights group calls for renewed security of North Korea violations. So, a coalition of human rights groups, including International Christian Concern, signed a letter published Wednesday urging President Biden to, uh, re-pro- re re oh my god. I need to go back to bed. Reprioritize human rights in North Korea. Human Right Watch, a watchdog organization, organized the letter also signed by 10 other organizations, uh, including Christian Solidarity Worldwide, Jubilee Campaign, and North Korea Freedom Coalition. Uh, signatories called for Biden to prioritize the promotion of rights and freedoms in North Korea. He ain't gonna do it. He's stupid. Anyway, uh, issues, they argued, that are too often reg relegated relegated um, to the distinct tertiary status. <clears throat> 
while security issues such as counter proliferation rise to the fore alone. Alright. The letter calls for South Korea to take an increased role in the fight for human rights in North Korea after some indications that South Korea may be bending to North Korean pressure rather than exerting pressure itself. It also urges increased uh, action in North Korea human rights, both at the UN level and at any future bilateral meetings with North Korea. Um, for the United States, human rights must be part of diplomatic negotiations. Mm -hmm. Religious freedom advocates around the world uh, have been called to attention to the atrocities taking place in North Korea. Currently led by Kim Jong-un, the authoritarian regime aggressively uh, prosecutes anyone deemed to be working against the interests of the state. Uh, actions as simple as praying, talking about the Bible, and sharing one's faith can lead to beatings, years of imprisonment, and even torture. Yeah, um, just saying, uh, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-ul, Kim Jong-un, I, yeah, Kim Jong-un, alright, I remember, this is a long time ago, I had a Voice of the Martyrs, uh, magazine, and it was all about North Korea, and I remember it saying in bold letters, a long time ago, and this was a quote from Kim Jong-un, and it said, Christianity is a sickness and it needs to be taken care of. And I was just like, that is pretty dark, pretty extreme for someone. I mean, I know he's a dictator. I know he's not a real president. I know he's not a real leader. That's what I believe. And I know if anybody from North Korea is listening, listen, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to upset you. But human rights needs to be a priority to the United States to take care of in, in North Korea. And if the president is not helping taking care of all this stuff that, you know, North Korea and other countries are asking him for help, then he's not a good president, you know. And not only that, Kim Jong-un is, sorry, Kim Jong-un is not a good president either because he's not letting people believe in what they want to believe. He has third generation um, prison imprisonments, meaning like if your grandfather gets jailed and he dies in the middle of his sentence, then his son has to complete the imprisonment. And if that father dies, then his son or his daughter has to, you know, complete the term. That doesn't make sense to me. That hurts. I mean, that's just wrong. There's so many other things that I could say about the government of North Korea, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, a UN report highlights several areas of particular concern, including extremely harsh conditions 
in the country's prison system and the torture in prison uh, prisoners um, of conscience. The North Korean government report states, I engaged in a systematic and widespread attack against the people, considered a threat to the country's political system uh, and leadership, including people who practice uh, religion. Um, as part of this attack, people exercising their religion are systematically imprisoned without due process and are subjected to harsh treatment and ex exercising basic for for exercising basic human rights. So they're basically being tortured and imprisoned because they're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to express their human rights, but Kim Jong Un don't like that, so he likes to control. In addition to the targeting of Christians and members of other religious groups, research indicates that pregnant prisoners receive particularly harsh uh, treatment, including being forced to perform hard labor, hard labor, and being subjected to forced abortions. Oh my god. That just made me sick in my mouth. Yeah, um... Kim Jong-un needs needs to leave the presidency. He doesn't need to be a leader anymore. Like, um, why? Jesus Christ. Uh. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Alright. That just made me angry. <laughs> I mean, forced abortions on women that are pregnant in the, in the prison. Like, Either they get forced abortions or they miscarry because of the treatment and the and the hard labor that they're put under. And that I can only imagine what that Oh my god. I can only imagine what those mothers are going through because of that. I am very sorry. I'm very sorry. In several instances, guards made mothers watch or participate in the killing of their own children. It got worse. It got worse. North Korea needs help. Especially the Christians who are just basically trying to express their their love for Christ. I don't mm -mm. It is <laughs> it is essential that uh the international community including South Korea band together to push for the advancement of human rights in North Korea. North Korea's many innocent civilians deserve no less. I wholeheartedly agree and honestly to the mothers that are suffering in this imprisonment I'm so sorry my prayers go out to you I'm serious this is just it's demonic it, it's definitely demonic it, oh my god and, and I'm kind of mad at Joe Biden because he's not even recognizing the whole mess over there and I mean to be honest Joe Biden is stupid okay I've already said that before but 
slowly but surely people are starting to realize the agenda of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They don't care about the American people. They don't care about certain people in different countries. They don't. Because if they were going to, if they were passionate about caring about people, like if Kamala was passionate about helping people at the border, she would be there. She would help stop all that stuff. If Joe Biden cared about the, the suffering of people, Christians mainly, in North Korea, he would do something about it. But no, guess what? If you're not standing up against it, you're standing for it. And that's what I believe. That's what I believe. So, I mean, Joe Biden wants to be a part of the killing of Christians in North Korea and other things. Kamala Harris is a part of the human trafficking down at the border. So, I mean, call me crazy, but that's what I believe. Alright, I don't like the ones with Joe Biden in it, but we're gonna do it because I picked it. Uh, I'm just trying to find new stories on the map, so... Um, oh, this was from uh, February 18th of this year. Alright, Biden considers appointment of special envoy for Horn of America, or Africa. ICC reports, um, Biden is considering the appointment of a special envoy for the Horn of Africa. Um, first reported by foreign policy earlier this week, the move would help Biden administration to quickly bring resources to bear on the region, uh, even while many um, candidates for senior State Department positions are awaiting presidential nomination for or Senate confirmation. The rumors of a special envoy are unconfirmed as of yet, um, even the geographic region covered by the special envoy is unclear and the position would be a new one and the definitions of the Horn of Africa region disagree on whether to include Kenya, Sudan, South Sudan, and Uganda with the traditional list. Made up of uh, Djibouti, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Somalia. Um, however, it is defined, uh, though the Horn of Africa merits attention from the tense uh, disputes between countries over water rights to violent ethnic and political conflicts within countries, the region has been uh, experiencing increased tension in the last few years. While much of this violence is, um, has its origins in ethnic or political strife, the region has also witnessed significant persecution. Eritrea, uh, for example, um, aggressively suppresses the free practice of religion and is garnered a well-earned reputation for being among the worst pers persecutors in the world. 
Prisoners of conscience often languish in Eritrean prison um, for years before their cases are even heard, suffering unimaginably inhumane living conditions and regular incidents of torture. If Biden does appoint a special envoy for the Horn of Africa, uh, he or she would do well to consider how the United States could work to promote religious freedom. There is no simple fix for persecution, but the ability to freely practice one's religion is a basic human right and one that must not be forgotten as the United States works towards peace and the stability in the region. All right. Note that this came from February 18th, 2021. All right. There has not been any update about this envoy that was supposed to be established at the Horn of Africa. And, um, yeah. I don't believe that Biden is at all concerned about the rights of Christians or the rights, the human rights of people. I just don't. Because if he did, he would try to take care of something. There would be some sort of news like, hey, he's in the process of setting up this envoy in the Horn of Africa, but no, we don't see that happening. I think it's time for the advertisement, your favorite part of the podcast. Okay, this next one is technically from Yemen, but, uh, yeah, from what I, uh, can deduce, I feel like since the news is from Yemen, I'm thinking that they're taking Ethiopian migrants victim, um, but we'll, we'll just see, we'll just see. It says, Ethiopian migrants victim of, uh, Houthi violence. It's, I don't even know if I said that right. Uh, H-O-U-T-H-I. So I'm just gonna say Hoti. Rebel violence. Alright. Yemen. International Christian Concern reports Hoti rebels launched tear gas and other projectiles into the, uh, immigrant detention center, uh, holding primarily Ethiopians on March 7th. The death toll is unclear, um, though more than 350 migrants are um, held inside an attack in the attacked hangar. Um, on the way, or on the day of the attack, migrants were um, protesting their living conditions at the detention center by refusing breakfast and lunch. A short skirmish um, ensued after lunch was refused. Um, the center's guards then. Uh, returned along with Hody forces. <clears throat> One member climbed up to the open air roof and launched the projectiles, igniting a fire inside the closed facility. 
Houthis are a part of the radical uh, Islamist political group in Yemen, consulting or controlling much of the country. Oh wow! Um, the United States recently uh, removed the Houthis terrorist organization designation. Uh, many called the Houthi authorities uh, to allow aid groups to provide support and to hold the rebels. Um, responsive who uh, launched the projectiles and that ignited the fire. Uh, most of those killed and wounded are Ethiopians migrating primarily Christian uh, from a primarily Christian country and uh, encountering new dangers in Muslim uh, majority countries. Alright, this one's from Japan, so uh, I don't think I've ever covered Japan, but okay, let's go. Um, religious freedom in or on the agenda as Blinken embarks on first trip abroad. Alright, International Christian Concern reports landing in Japan this morning, Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken. This is from... this is from March. I keep trying to give you guys the most recent date, but lately I think persecution.com just hasn't been updating their stuff. Persecution.org? Um, anyway, Anthony Blinken kicked off the first in a series of meetings with key U.S. allies in Asia. He is accompanied by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, Blinken's four days in Japan and South Korea are widely seen as an attempt to push back against China's regional belligerence by highlighting the United States' strong partnership in the region. Blinken's tour with or will wrap up in Alaska where he and President Biden's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will meet with two senior Chinese diplomats. Uh, the visit to Japan and South Korea is Blinken's first foreign trip since assuming his current position in January, and the meeting in Alaska will be the administrator's first with China. Um, the timing of the meeting with China right on the heels of Blinken's meetings with Japan and South Korea is no accident. As Blinken wrote in the Washington Post, opt, uh, co-authored with Austin, the timing is intended to send a message to China that the United States and its allies in the region will be unified in pers pushing back against China's aggression, both internationally and against its own people. I don't believe in the Washington Post. I don't believe in Wall Street Journal. I don't believe in Fox News. I don't believe in Clinton News Network or CNN, if you guys want to, you know know what I'm talking about. I don't believe in those big name um, news organizations, you know that. And um, so no, I don't believe in this article. So, but that's just me 
they're just quoting what was what they've they're just quoting their sources at the moment and to be honest persecution.org shouldn't have read that article but it is strongly in our interests uh, for the Indo-Pacific region to be free and open anchored by respect for human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, Blinken and Austin write in the Washington Post piece. <laughs> Together, we'll hold China, China, China accountable when it abuses human rights in Xinjiang and Tibet systematically erodes autonomy Auto, autonomy in Hong Kong or undercuts democracy in Taiwan. Oh, I do my best to pronounce things, so I'm sorry. Um, the meeting in Japan and South Korea follow meetings last week in Quad, Quaid, a semi-formal coalition between the United States, Japan, India, and Australia. The coalition uh, has gathered off and on since. Oh, they have gathered off and on since 2007, serving as a democratic, no surprise there, counterweight to China's authoritarianism and regional uh, assertiveness. China has come under particular fire in recent years for its treatment of religious minorities. Well, of course, because for one, you kill your own people. Two, you imprison people because they are Christian. Not only that, you claim false reports of people who decided to, um, what is it? There have been stories of people from China that decided to move to Canada and Chinese government followed them to keep them under surveillance. That's not okay. Not only that, Christians can't get a loan from banks. They cannot get um, a proper apartment. They cannot get proper loans for education if they want to go to college and all of that. Not only that, they're trying to rewrite the Bible and trying to make Jesus a socialist. And on top of all that, that cherry on top, there are thousands and thousands of cameras of every square inch in China to keep an eye on its people. Its own people. Just surveillance cameras everywhere. They're watching people in their homes. They're watching people in their streets and in their workplace. They, there is no privacy anywhere in China right now. Religion is seen as an enemy of the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. We have talked about this before in uh, one of my rants, but which demands ultimate alliance or allegiance from all Chinese citizens. Uh, believers practicing within the state-approved religious organizations such as the Three Self Church and the Chinese Patriotic Catholic Catholic Association uh, are made to serve the CCP, while believers outside these state-approved organizations are heavily surveilled and often persecuted. Like I said, uh, the religious freedom freedom in 
China is on the agendas of Blinken and Asia tour is heartening. Whether, uh, I don't like saying this word just because it sounds so derogatory, but it, uh, Uyghur, I, I say Uyghur, but it's pronounced Uyghur, Muslims, um, in China's eastern, uh, Xinjiang region, uh, or house church Christians throughout the country. China's people deserve the support of the international community as they fight for the right to follow their consciences rather than the uh, dictates of the CCP. Um, For one, whether Blinken is doing this in in, the good of his heart is great. I mean, listen, it's great that he's out there trying to promote human rights for everybody. That's amazing. But the thing is, is that because Biden is in office, I have doubts about this. I always have. You guys know that I don't like Biden. Biden to me is a liar. He's stupid. He he says dumb things. He talks gibberish all of the time. So no, I don't believe that whatever is going on that that Blinken is trying to take care of is either going to be taken care of or is taken seriously. But I hope that I'm wrong. Seriously. I really hope I'm wrong about that. Alright, this one is from Nigeria. Keep remembering Leah Sherub. Sharibu. Um, the ICC reports last month, May 14th, was Leah Sharibu's um, 18th birthday. Leah is the lone remaining schoolgirl in captivity from the town of Dapchi, where more than a hundred girls were taken from the government. Um, hang on, from the government girls' science and technolo- technical school by the Islamic State West. Africa Providence. Um, Faction of Boko Haram. Okay. Since that time, several rumors have arisen that Leah, or of Leah being killed, being married to a Boko Haram fighter, and giving birth to children. None of these rumors have yet been confirmed, though she is confirmed to be still alive. Uh, Leah was taken when she was just 14 years old, and has spent the past four birthdays with her abductors. Um, she has not been allowed any access to family or friends. She is, she has likely been forced to learn Islamic rules and Arabic as the group tries to force her to change their beliefs. Um, they have also likely used physical torment and mental attacks to try to break her faith in Christ. These kinds of tactics to include um, beatings, brainwashing, drugging, and sexual abuse um, have been commonly reported from women who have escaped Boko Haram captivity. Leah's mother, Rebecca Sharibu, Sharibu, sorry, um, told The Guardian last year that she was willing to accept Leah's husband 
as an in-law if it would mean that she would be freed. Um, the family has been asking the Nigerian government and even the British government for aid in securing the release of their daughter. Despite promises from the Nigerian government that they are doing everything in their power to secure Leah's release, there has been no information provided proving such efforts. This is especially discouraging as the government was able to secure the release of 104 other girls within a month of their capture. <clears throat> that upsets me. <laughs> All those girls were Muslim. Uh, this has led some to claim that the Nigerian government does not care about Leah. In honor of Leah turning 18 years old in the captivity, a video was made to remember her name. Please pray for Leah to remain strong in her faith and that she would be able to return to her family at some point in the future. Her strength and boldness will not be forgotten. All because, oh, I don't know if she's Christian, but that's the thing. Like, they say that the rest of the girls were Muslim, but why in the world was Leah being left behind? Why was she the only girl that was taken in captivity? Why is she the only person that um, hasn't been returned? That, I really hope you get your daughter back. I really do. I hope and pray that you do. Because I can't stand when children are messed with. I can't stand when families are messed with. I don't like that. That angers me. And I hope and pray and I speak that you will get your daughter back. Alright, we have some news from Kenya, which is one of my top uh, listeners. They're in the top 10 of the listeners that um, participate in Anchor. So I want to thank you for that. And I also want to give you this news. Um, but uh, to anybody who has been attacked by, or has been affected by this uh, news, I'm really, really sorry, but um, Mandara bus attack leaves five dead and scores injured. Um, International Christian Concern reports um, that at least five passengers died and dozens sev severely injured on Wednesday morning, March 24th, after a bus they were traveling in ran over a roadside um, improvised bomb on Lafi and Mandara Road near the Kenya-Somali border uh, in Mandara County. The public service vehicle was traveling to Mandara <coughs> town when uh, the incident occurred near Arabia town. The northeastern police commander suggested that the attackers had crossed the border a day ago targeting, targeting police camps in uh, Lafi and non-local education officers who are facilitating national exams in the region. Uh, speaking to the ICC from Mandara, a local church leader 
confirmed that the injured uh, passengers were at the Mandera General Hospital with six people in critical condition. He added, the security uh, situation in Mandera hasn't improved. Although we have not witnessed many attacks since the beginning of the year, we always live in fear, especially when we get information that the Somali-based Al-Shabaab members have been spotted. We continue to urge our brothers and sisters to remain vigilant and avoid traveling through high-risk roads. While on the floor of the Senate on Wednesday afternoon, Mandera Senator Mr. Mohammed M. Mahmoud um, condemned the early morning attack, calling it a serious terror attack and asked the government to upscale security and make sure this matter is dealt with accordingly. We also urge to um, our people to cooperate with security agencies and not to relent in reporting any suspicion. Today's bus attack comes two months after another passenger uh, bus in uh, Wajir, Uh, northeastern Kenya, where a group of armed Al-Shabaab militants robbed travelers as the bus, or and the bus conductor, after failing to find Christians on the bus. Over the last few years, Al-Shabaab has been targeting Christians and security personnel in the northeastern region of Kenya that lies near the border with Somalia. ICC's regional manager for Africa, Nathan Johnson, said um, these continued attacks have devastated many families in Kenya and the group is making it so that an entire region of the country is unsafe for the majority of Kenya's to travel to, um, to work in or live in. The attacks must be stopped until buses and roads are safe to travel on. The Kenyan government must provide military protection that stops these attacks. Alright, this one is from Nepal. So, authorities demolish Rupentarian Christia Church in Nepal. Um... This is from the January 29th, 2021. I'm not sure why they're so outdated, but we're just gonna go because I know um, I haven't covered it at all, uh, Nepal, so. Um, On January 20th, 2021, Nepalese authorities um, appeared at the doorsteps of the Reputarian, uh, Rupentarian Christia, uh, church with demolition equipment to destroy the church. Several Christians um, and families in the Naya Basti slum uh, area who called this church home gathered there on the 20th of January and broke down in tears as the officials tore into the walls of the church, bringing it down piece by piece. The lead pastor of the church, Prem Roka, Uh, was among those gathered watching with a heavy heart as his church building came crumbling down. 
The church was established in the slum area in 2013 through the help of generous donations of one of the families that offered up the building for the Christian use.、Um, the local authorities reportedly gave the pastor, deacons, and elders five minutes to empty the church、uh, building from any items, equipment, valuables before they. Uh, would demolish the building. The pastor and his team protested this demand, saying it was not enough time. But the local authorities were、um, undeterred and continued with their demolition project. The demolition of the church、um, was part of the planned effort in which the government had. Provided the land in the slum area for local public schools、um, to build their facilities. Many of the people living in the slums were forced to move from their homes along with the church as the government enacted the project. Originally, as the land、uh, deal was being negotiated and finalized, the church leaders had protested the decision. And the government Had responded by instructing the school to be to not proceed with the demolition of the church until the church had located a new facility that they could utilize for their worship purposes. However, this mandate was ignored, and the demolition was carried out before the church could even relocate. The demolition comes shortly after a UN General Assembly resolution. Condemning the、um, destruction of religious sites, the church congregation has now been forced to meet in the houses of the members as they have not been unable to locate a new building for a or a facility at the time of this publication. International Christian Concern is following the story and will be reporting on further developments. Yeah, that is one of the many problems that a lot of Christians are dealing with right now,、um, and it it's sad. It, it is very sad because now, more than ever, I see a lot of people in in different countries such as Nepal, India, and Africa.、Um, And many other countries out there that are dealing with stuff like this—they're、um, being attacked, they're being killed, they're being beaten, their houses are being caught on fire, their churches are being set on fire—and all I can really say to all of my Christian brothers and sisters out there is to please stay strong. This is what Jesus said to us in the Bible: that they will hate us because. You love me, and it's awful. It, it does feel awful, but just know that God, and just know that Jesus is, you know, looking at you and is very, very proud of you that you're enduring all of this,、um, and that you guys are still refusing to stop. To you guys, do not want to stop、uh, speaking the gospel, and that is something that God is very proud of you for. Just know that.
Alright, this comes from South Sudan, and I didn't realize until I looked at the um, prayer map that um, Sudan actually split its southern uh, region. Uh, so it's South Sudan and just regular Sudan now. Um, uh, that's interesting. I don't know when they did that, but... Alright. South Sudanese Archbishop calls for prayer after barbaric attack. According to Anglican News, the primate of South Sudan, um, Archbishop Justin Badi Arama um, has called for prayers in the aftermath of a weekend attack which killed 13 and injured 8 in the northern village of uh, Dungoab Ali. Um, Archbishop Badi Arama uh, described the village as being barbarically attacked by milit militiamen of Sudan uh, since around 5.30 a.m. on Sunday, 16th May, killing 13 people and wounding 8 others. The fighting is still continuing up to now, late Monday night. While the perpetrators of the attack remain unknown, the statement of the uh, Episcopal Church of South Sudan said that the <laughs> that the Diocese of Abi uh, sits in an area that experiences Islamic uh, encroachments followed by harassment, intimidation, and frequent attacks carried by Arab Islamic militias. South Sudan is a majority Christian na nation uh, that gained independence in 2011. Okay, I see. Um, making it the youngest country in the world and the um, and one that has been murd mired in a civil war since its beginning. Sudan, who uh, they gained independence from, has been accused of inciting revolts and attacks from rebels in South Sudan, creating a conflict which has made South Sudan the most unstable government in the world, as well as one of the most dangerous countries to live in. Archbishop Justin Badiarama um, has called for an end to the senseless violence by the few in a country where Christians and Muslims live by, side by side. Uh, your prayers for the people of the Diocese of Abi are requested along with prayers for wisdom and protection for Bishop Michael Dang Bol as he ministers in this situation. Please join ICC in praying for South Sudan. 